So both the best and worst thing about YouTube or journalism or whatever is people that decide to make top 10 lists. They always just come completely out of left field based on seemingly nothing and try and tell me what is the best. And sometimes they give explanations. Sometimes they don't like MLB Network does it. And I very often think they're wrong. And I think most of it is just to tick me off and get me to try and engage with them. But I would never stoop to that level. Hello and welcome to Getaway Day. This is episode 137. My name is Gautam. His name is Mason. And do you remember, Mason, what you were doing 51 weeks ago? 51 weeks ago. So this would have been February 6th-ish? Just about. Uh, Probably watching the Pro Bowl skills competition. But beyond that, you probably were doing that. You were ranking starting pitchers. Uh, in Major League Baseball. And Wait, today, did we, we, are, really? we are going to be redoing that exercise. And a lot has changed. A hold lot, on, hold a on. lot, a lot has changed. So you're telling me that we're going to be doing the exact thing that I just in the cold open said I would never do to anybody? <laughs> yes, you did it almost a year ago. This did not take long for me to end up with pie on my face, now did it? <laughs> this podcast already already off the rails, I think. Okay, well, sorry guys. I guess we're doing it. Yep, so today's episode, we are going to be ranking the top 10 pitchers in baseball, uh, in Major League Baseball. And um, I think really... I'm going to just tell you a little bit about what we talked about last year. And it's a lot of guys that we are not going to be talking about today. And that's kind of like what I want to point out. So some of the, some of the names of the pitchers on the lists last year um, who had their seasons cut short by injury. And, and that's like the main part of the reason why they're not on the list. They're not going to be on either of our lists today. Shane McClanahan, Carlos Rodon, Jacob deGrom, Sandy Alcantara. So like four pitchers totally out of the picture because, and Max Scherzer. So those guys are out of the picture. And then there were some other underperformers like uh, Hunter Green, Aaron Nola. Um, and then there are a few that are going to come back on our list. So let's, uh, let's get started here at the top. Who is your number one starting pitcher? Do we want to start at the top or do we want to start at the bottom? I want to start at the top. You know, we got to start at the top. The best their their credit. So uh, I I actually want to reveal MLB.com or MLB Network's um, uh, choices first. So MLB Network, they get a whole bunch of different analysts to come together and make their top tens. And then somehow they can combine them into one list. MLB Network has chosen Garrett Cole as their number one pitcher. I have also chosen Garrett Cole as my number one pitcher, and it is for a ton of different reasons. I mean, right off the bat, the dude was the Cy Young in the American League, and for very good reason. He pitched 209 innings with a minuscule .98 uh, whip, 
he had one of the best or the second best ERA in baseball with 222 strikeouts, which is uh, 27%, only walked 6% of, of batters, and gave up one of the lower hard hit rates and barrel rates in baseball last year. So he kind of just dominated through and through. And this dude should have multiple Cy Youngs in his career right now, and I believe that was his first. So I don't expect him to be any different next year. I mean, since he left Pittsburgh, he has been the same guy and finally got his Cy Young, and he, he fully deserves to be number one here, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean Cole is like as reliable as they as pitchers can be in these days. He's got six uh, two hundred inning seasons on his on his uh, stat page. I mean, you had him as your number one pitcher last year as well, and he went out and had a great season. We talked about the thing that was holding him back was his home run rate, but one of these years he's gonna get that under control and win the Cy Young, and that's exactly what he did. Um, in 2023 and i guess i'm gonna kind of play devil's advocate here even though i obviously think cole is like an amazing pitcher and he's gonna be amazing going forward he is kind of showing some signs of like declining he uh had traditionally been a guy that was striking out over 30 percent of batters and this year he took a step back to 27 percent um Seems like his fastball velocity might be down kind of a tick from the year prior. So, I mean, he's not a young pitcher anymore. He's he's 33, and he might, you know, age gracefully. Like, that's what everyone expects is going to happen. But I wouldn't be that surprised if, like, one of these years he kind of, like, hits a cliff. Like, the man has a lot of innings under his belt. and. uh that's, well, that could catch it, up at some point. Well, and it seems like guys who uh, tend to have higher velocities and and uh, more power pitchers with high strikeout rates, as they age, they hit a point where they don't have the ability to be a power pitcher, but they haven't developed the um, repertoire or, or mindset of uh, a guy who uses his command and his stuff to beat you. So there's always, it seems like there's a couple years in between that are rough and then some guys can get back out of it. So it'd be interesting to see how he adjusts and if he adjusts early so that he doesn't have that lull. Yeah. And I'm, I'm definitely not suggesting we're at that point with Cole, right? He's probably still got several more years where he can be the power pitcher and, and the amazing stud ace that he's been. But yeah, I also have faith that Garrett Cole is going to figure out how to adapt as he loses uh, skills. Basically, he'll he'll be able to develop in other ways. So I got no problem with Cole as number one, but I have him as number two. And my number one is Spencer Strider. And I don't know, I have no idea how he's number seven on the MLB list. Like that just makes no sense. Clearly, they're just looking at ERA, and I think we're kind of at the point where. We need to look a little bit past ERA because it's not a great predictor of like future things that are going to happen. This guy is just like dominant um, in pretty much every way. He he pops on like every leaderboard. Um, 
insane velocity, insane fastball and, and slider. Um, he is only a two pitch pitcher, but those two pitches are the elite of the elite in both categories. And he had the awesome uh, first full season where he became a starter. And that year he struck out like 38% of batters. And he followed that up with a 36% strikeout rate. And like, he's not, he's clearly like, not a, like a one trick pony. He's like, um, now put up a season where he threw 186 innings. So he's kind of a guy that is a frontline starting pitcher. I mean, obviously he is like, I'm, I'm saying that he's the best pitcher in the league. And, uh, I guess like what, what, what do you see as a flaw in, in Strider's game here? Cause I, I don't see much of anything. So uh, let me, let me help support your point first and then I'll see if I can poke some holes in here. So, um, Strider, um, so you mentioned 36.8% K rate in 2023. Do you know the next highest strikeout rate by a qualified starter in 2023? Uh, I do not know off the top of my head. No. By person or percentage? Uh, probably like maybe maybe there wasn't another 30% guy last year. Maybe 31 and a half for Blake Snell. Blake Snell, okay. Yep. Kevin Gosman was 31.1, but that is a 5% drop off between Spencer Strider and Blake Snell. He has the best wipeout stuff in Major League Baseball. And his BABIP was higher than the league average at 316. So kind of easy to believe he kind of got screwed a little bit, which that kind of matches when you look at his really not great ERA in 2023. It was a 3.86. He gave up quite a few home runs, actually 12 percent home run per fly ball ratio there, which is uh, in the top. That's not too uh, bad, right? That's okay. uh, It's a little high, but it's not like crazy. It's in the lower half. Like out of so it's actually right in the middle. Sorry. He is exactly in the middle of Lance Lynn, who had a 19 percent. And Sonny Gray, who had a 5.2. He is, out of the 44 qualified, he's number 22. So 19%, that's hilarious. Yeah. And he's the Cardinals' number three starter now? Ugh. He's their number one. He's, Lance Lynn is not going to be in this list for either of us, just a heads up. <laughs> Spoiler alert. But yeah, so I mean, the biggest thing that I see with Strider is that he gives up some loud contact, really not that much uh, as far as like average. Uh, uh, like his av- or his hard hit rate percentage is actually pretty low. Barrel rate is kind of high, and that's kind of the thing with him is like it seems like when people make contact, they tend to barrel it. They just don't I mean, make contact very much. It's like eight percent, right? That's like around um, league average. I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. You told me to try and poke holes in it. You can't, right? That's that's the yeah. point. Like right. Strider is like, there's nothing. I don't know, like how he's not number one on everyone's list. I guess. Well. 
Well, I was going to do this to be like, well, let me just show you. He's number two on mine, but he's actually not. He doesn't show up till number three on my list. Um, but that's because I have, and this might surprise some of you guys, Zach Wheeler is number two. Zach Wheeler has been awesome the last couple of years. And I think a lot of people are kind of underestimating him. Like he didn't have the best year this year as far as ERA is concerned, uh, 361. But when you look at his total season, um, he had one of the lowest barrel rates in the league at 5.1%. He threw 190 innings. He was not really bitten by the long ball. His whip was really low, 1.08. He struck out uh, not terribly high, 27% of batters, but he only walked 5%. And Zach Wheeler, just over the last two years, him and uh, another guy who may or may not be on the list here in a little bit, um, were actually the two guys that over the last two years have amassed the most war for starting pitchers. I believe Wheeler was two to this other guy that's on the list. So I'll mention him when we get to him. Yeah. The thing I I love about Wheeler is like you mentioned that low walk rate. He's a power pitcher, but he's got impeccable control. He's always been like that. And um, he's able to like have that perfect combination of amazing stuff, but also really, really good command. And he's not going to like, give up free base runners. Um, He's another guy that like you look at his 2023 ERA and it's three, six, one. And he, he kind of deserved better because all the expected stats say he should have had a low threes ERA rather than like mid to high. And yeah, I mean, for, for the last few years in, since he joined the Phillies, really, he's been elite, I think. And, um, he he totally changed his reputation as a pitcher who couldn't stay healthy and was never really putting all the pieces together from his Mets days. But now he's he's awesome. And uh, yeah, I have him as number four on my list. So. All right. Solid, which uh, we're actually both rating him higher than MLB uh, MLB Network, who had him down at number six. So. So who is your number two? So my number two is Cole, so we can skip him. All right. And so then your number three, because my number three was Spencer Strider. Okay. My number three is Corbin Burns. And Corbin Burns is a lot like Garrett Cole. Um, he really just has been dominating like for years now. It's, it's several years. And he's a guy that, kind of struggled in the first half last year, but then he got it all back. Um, he might not ever reach his heights of 2021 when he won the Cy Young again, but he's got an amazing cutter, um, excellent velocity. And it seems like every batter that faces him is just like going through a really, really rough at bat because, uh, He's got such a versatile pitch mix that he's able to really keep the batters off balance. And um, I've always been a Corbin Burns fan, and uh, I think he's going to keep keep doing his thing. 
So I actually probably unfairly docked Corbin Burns a little bit based on 2023, uh, but he did have a down year in 2023. Um, his ERA and FIP were both kind of pretty inflated for his career at a 339 ERA, 381 FIP. Um, and his strikeout numbers were very, very, very down. That's what they I'm were, concerned about. Yeah, they were down to 25.5% in 2023. His career, aver- like every other season of his career, is between 30 and 35%. Like strikeouts are a big part of his game, and they just really weren't there and it kind of is starting to show up in some other parts of his stat line. Now, the thing that he does better than anybody else in the majors is induce weak contact. That's that cutter, right? Yep. So square that thing up. Corbin Burns uh, leads the league in hard hit rate and or led the league in hard hit rate at 32.2%. For the lowest in all qualified pitchers, he is second in barrel percentage only to Zach Wheeler um, at a 5.3% with an average exit velocity off the bat of 86.4 mile per hour. So like a lot of the contact off of Burns is weak, yet he still had a pretty high home run ratio this year at 12.8%. Like he's let's see, that's uh put him down in the th- about 30, 30th out of 44 in home run rate. Oh, just like out of the number of qualified pitchers you're talking about? Yep. But I, I, I still don't consider 12 like too bad. It's I mean, okay. kind of like for me, elite it not giving up home runs is like 10%. Yeah, but I don't find 10 and 12 to be that different. And also, I don't know how much of a, a real I mean, skill like year to year that is, right? It's, I mean, it's pretty you, variable. You say that it's not a lot, but over 194 innings, like that's a lot of at bats. It's a pretty decent number of home runs. Yeah, um, I, gu- I guess uh, if we want to pay attention to like first and half, first and second half splits, he seemed to get it together in the second half. The the K rate went from 23.1% to 28.6. So he was more like the, the old Burns in the second half. And that's what gives me confidence that the first half maybe was just like a, a little blip. Yeah, and uh, that's why I was kind of saying that I had unfairly probably dinged him a bit, putting him down at six. But there were just so many other guys who had such a standout 2023 that have also had really solid careers that it kind of it's recency bias for me, but I I had Burns down at six going into 2024. So, okay. All right. So number four for me is Blake Snell. And this one was actually a little bit odd. I was trying to figure out where to put him. I almost had him down. Yeah. I almost had him down closer to eight, but It's like he just he does some things so, so, so well, and he does other things so very not all that great. Um, And I love Blake Snell, so don't think that I'm sitting here just trashing him for no good or for no good reason. But like Snell doesn't really give up all that many home runs. 
his ERA was amazing. It was the lowest in the league by about 0.4 runs last year at a 2.25. He strikes out a lot of guys, 31.5% for 234 strikeouts. He doesn't really give up hard hits, 33.7% hard hit rate. What he's not very good at is that 13.3% walk rate. Yeah, he led the majors in walks. Yeah. And And he won the Cy Young. That's got to have never happened in history. Yeah, and it's caused ups and downs throughout the course of his career, and it just makes it really hard to figure out like what his true level and value is like if if he didn't walk that many guys he would probably be the best pitcher in the league or number two with Garrett Cole but so that walk rate being right? as high like, as it is that's it's why like, it's, but that's why the strikeout rate is also high right they, they yeah. go they contrast each other they they fight each other and when Blake Snell is on and he's able to manage the base runners and sometimes somewhat manage the walks there is few that are better than him like i totally agree i just had a, such a hard time putting him on the list at all because you never know what you're gonna get like i love blake snell but blake snell's like a box of chocolates you never know what you're gonna get exactly and um you look at his innings pitch totals which i'm kind of factoring here the two times that he's reached 180 innings he's won the cy young in both those years so that's the upside obviously but every other year of his career, he's not even reached 130 innings in any single season. So that, to me, shows like he's put together two good full seasons in his entire career, which is not not short at this point. And uh, I don't think he can repeat what he did last year. He, all the all the ERA estimators say that he was extremely lucky because of the number of walks that he gave up because of the strand rate, which was 86%, which is about 15% higher than, than the average. Um, I don't know what the so, BABIP was 256. I mean, these things are not going to hold so, for, for another year. Just to um, come back to a point you were just making, um, and now that I've interrupted you, I completely forgot what the point was that you were just making. About strand rate? Now, before that, about good seasons that he's put together. Yes, good full seasons. Yes. How many good full seasons has Jacob Degrom put together? Um, he's put together at least. It's like or two four. or three. Yeah, isn't it like a full season? It's only like two or three. Like that's uh-huh. kind of the same with Snell. But but Blake Snell is not as good as Jacob Degrom. Well, yes, but. So like, yeah, no, I, I see your point though. Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't know that like a guy that has two Cy Youngs, but is only pitched over 130 innings twice. Like, yeah, that's definitely a knock, but I don't know if it's quite as big of a knock as it seems because the dude is still good enough to win two Cy Youngs. So it's like, eh. it's, it's not just the, um, innings pitch risk. It's also performance risk because He's had seasons where he's had like a 420 ERA, a 429 ERA, a 404. So he kind of yo-yos back and forth probably because of the command. So it's not just that he hasn't put up full seasons. It's that he's been bad also. Well, and I wonder if some of that is like 
loss of control due to some injury. Could be, could be, yeah. That's as well, because like yeah. if he's not on the field, he's probably hurt when he's on the field too. So it's like it, it, it's hard to say what the exact issue or like it's chicken or the egg is what it is. Yeah. Is he bad because he's hurt or is he hurt because he's bad? Right. So. But you see even, my, my even conundrum, him, right? Like you, yeah. you understand why he's not on my list, but I also understand why he, he is right in the middle of your list. Yeah. And, and like that, that's the weird thing with him is because like he. He's so. I don't like his bad isn't like bad, bad. It is. His though. bad is it's just so like bad. his so bad, bad is below average. He, he doesn't make it out of the fourth inning and he walks seven batters. So there's a difference between his bad starts and his bad seasons. Yeah, I guess. And and we're kind of talking over a season like his bad seasons are still better than a lot of teams is like four and five starters, it seems. That's so true. like it's just he bounces between being elite and being just like average your average pitcher. Yeah. Yeah. But it, but I guess what's different about Blake Snell than a lot of other guys we're talking about today is that he has that wide range of outcomes. The other pitchers that we're talking about, they have way, way, way higher floors. Their bad seasons are like the 25th best pitcher in the league or something. Wait, what is, I, I want to plot like the standard deviation of just like, a conglomeration of stat of his full season. I don't know if that would be war or if there's something a little bit better to use for this, but I just want to see what a standard deviation for him would be like how big of, cause I'm sure that his war is still fairly decent, even in his bad seasons in the bad years. He's like a two win pitcher. So he is like about so, average. So is his ERA minus or like his fit minus or is something like, is there something like that that you could almost use to. Yeah. You can get like one that's, relative to the league average and i'm guessing he's going to show up as kind of around league average maybe a little worse in the bad seasons yeah all right all right but that's my number four who is your number four well i had wheeler as my number four all right so really in the the top fours we're all pretty we're pretty close here like spencer strider zach wheeler garrett cole in both of our top fours where we differ was I had Snell at four. You had Corbin at three. I think yours is maybe a little bit more fair than mine, maybe. They're close enough, like, right? Yeah. yeah. But I, I think if I were to re, redo this exercise now after this conversation, I would still have Snell in there. I would probably switch him and Burns at four and six. So. Okay. Um, but number four, uh, for MLB was Justin Verlander. And I know I didn't put Verlander on my list at all. Yeah. I, I thought about him. I, I mean, obviously he has a track record. You cannot really argue with. He's awesome. He's had an awesome career, but he's just not that guy based on this past season. Maybe he gets it back because he was awesome in 2022, but I just, um, I just have a hard time betting on 40 year olds. No matter yeah. if they're named Justin Verlander or not. Yeah, I, I'm just not as sold because it's clear that he's nearing the end of his career. Like, even on his standards of saying, I want to pitch till I'm 45. Well, he's not too far off from that. So. Eh, 
I don't know. Like, he's probably going to be better than we all expect at this point. Probably. Yeah. And he did have some injuries last year that kept him off the field for some. And like, I don't know. It just, there was so much other talent that is definitely on the up that it seemed a lot easier to highlight those guys and be like, yeah, I'm, I feel like these guys are going to continue to improve than a guy like Verlander who there's no improving over the best Verlander that there ever was. Like that guy's long gone. Yeah. Actually, maybe not long gone, like 2019 ish. I mean, he was amazing in 2022, right? Well, yeah. Yeah. Like, but you get my point though. Like, He's not going to eclipse what he's done in the past. No, he just can't. A lot of these that. other guys are very much have the pos- or the ability to do that. Maybe not Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole's 2023 was amazing. I don't think War really truly valued his 2023 as much as I expected it to. Like, because he was like, what, four point something War? Eh, 5.2. But. I feel like Garrett Cole was so much better than that this this last year, but it I don't know. It seems like he's the only guy who maybe can't improve over what he's doing now. He could maintain, but I don't know that there's another gear because that'd be impressive. All right. What do you say we get to number five? Yeah, my number five is Luis Castillo, who is quietly just going out and dominating as he's joined the Mariners the last couple of years. Um, He was a great pitcher even before in his Reds days. I feel like the, uh, the ballpark in Seattle probably helps the the overall numbers and everything, but he, he, he had put up really good numbers in Cincinnati too. And even though that ballpark is so home run friendly, he had actually like not even really had a problem with home runs in most years, which just kind of shows his skill as a pitcher and, and it being able to limit the home runs in that ballpark uh, gets like lots of weak contact has one of the best changeups in the game. And um, yeah, that pitch is feels like the thing that carries him because when it's on, it's like no one is touching that thing and he's going out and striking out 10 batters in a game. And that is why Luis Castillo is, is my number five pitcher. So I actually didn't include Luis Castillo in my top 10. And a lot of that for me was kind of his hard hit rate being up above. Uh, it's about 42%. It's it's on the higher end for qualified pitchers, at least. And then his ERA and FIP, not really the best um, last year. But he's an amazing pitcher. It just... I based a lot of my rankings off of 2023 and then used history to kind of help me build that. Cause it, for me, unless there's like a very obvious fluky 2023, that kind of tells me what is going to happen in 2024, a little bit better than looking back four years. And I'm not saying that's the wrong way to do it. Like Luis Castillo is amazing and has been pretty much his entire career, but that's just the reasoning as to why he's not on my list at all. So, um, my number five is Kevin Gosman. And Gosman is the guy that has the most war over the last two seasons. 
in all of pitching for Major League Baseball. He's kind of overlooked, it feels like. He's very overlooked. Gosman is awesome. So Gosman, um, 5.3 war last year. He had a, kind of a, an average whip of 118, but his strikeout rate being as high as it is, 31%. Like the dude just kind of dominates. His his walk rate, 7%. It's kind of right there along league a, or league average. 185 innings, not really giving up all that many home runs. He kind of got screwed if you look at like uh, Babbitt, um, just because the what league average Babbitt for a pitcher is about 300, right? Like that's kind of where you could Uh, estimate it to be. His was actually a three, two, one. So it kind of shows there's probably some room for regression to the mean, some improvement there on maybe the batting average, which might help some of these other numbers as well. So he pitched really, really, really well last year. Only five guys in Major League Baseball had an ERA under three last year. He was not one of them, but not very many guys had a FIP under three last year. In fact, he was one of only three guys to have that. Yeah, so there's one like a- weird, weird thing in the stat line that's like not making sense to me. I see the ERA is 316. I see the FIP is 297. But then I see the XERA does not like, like Kevin Gosman. They gave him a 387. So I'm kind of curious where that comes from because you're talking about all the things that he does well. Like he doesn't give up home runs. He doesn't, um, like he had a, the low bad or the high bad bip, strikes out lots of batters, doesn't have a walks problem. Like he does so many things well. It's kind of weird that the XERA is saying he deserved to be worse. I mean, honestly, Gosman is kind of what Blake Snell is if he didn't walk guys. It, but no one really recognizes him. I don't know if that's because he's in Toronto or if that's just because he's not really a flashy guy or what. But it just that's kind of who he reminds me of, though. Yeah, I, I hadn't really thought about that, but I, I don't think Blake Snell has many comps, really. But like in terms of, yeah, the strikeout rate and, and other stuff, like in, the way Gosman does it is he's kind of a two pitch guy and it's it's not your regular fastball slider. It's fastball splitter and that splitter might be the best pitch in the league like no one is hitting that pitch ever and i mean have you seen not, have you seen otani splitter it's pretty good yeah but those are like two of the best i just think that um yeah yeah no good call on gosman i had him as number nine so i can see the case for having him a little bit higher because yeah he does everything quite well yeah he doesn't have a weakness and the thing that i want to point out is look at that mlb column gosman's not there like uh, there's a guy they have that whenever i tell you that he's not in there that's not justin verlander there's another guy that's in there that whenever you find out i don't have him on my list at all you're gonna go mason what in the world are you thinking and i have reasoning for that too so we'll get there but all right number six gowie Number six, I got Logan Webb, and I think that's the guy you don't have on your list. It is the guy that I don't have on my list. So I feel like this was the guy you were going to have on your list because this feels like a pitcher you would like. He is a pitcher I would like, but he has a couple of things that really concern me. So so, Logan Webb, I guess. Are you going or am I going? uh, 
either way. Okay, so I'll I'll go first. So okay. Logan Webb, like I'm not going to really make a stats argument for him. I just think that he has the the know-how. He knows what he's doing out there and he kind of like toys with with the hitters. He doesn't necessarily go for strikeouts all the time, but he always feels like a guy that can get a strikeout in a big spot. So it doesn't really show up in the numbers like low strikeout rate and maybe some of the batted ball stuff isn't quite so good as some of the other guys we've talked about, but he gets results and he's a workhorse. So 200 inning season and um, he's just like as reliable a pitcher you can find in the league right now. I don't think he's going to blow up if there was like a one, one game do or die, like he would be maybe higher on this list for me. Cause I would feel so good about him going out and, and putting up a, a good, good long start. So I agree with you. And that's where it gets a little weird. He a hundred percent seems like a guy I would have on my list because he is very much a 2010 or 2012 Adam Wainwright. Like that's just kind of the guy that he is like, he's really, really good. He knows how to pitch. He's not the highest velo guy in the league by any means. He doesn't like get a ridiculous amount of strikeouts. He actually only struck out 22.8% of batters last year, but he doesn't walk anybody. Um, And he pitches more than anybody, but Sandy Alcantara who will not be pitching in 2024. So there are a lot of things to love about Logan Webb. The thing that scares me is that he, so I've been talking about hard hit rate and loud contact with some guys here, but he's actually one of the like gives up loudest contact out of all qualified pitchers. He had a, um, a 45.5% hard hit rate. Like he has the sixth highest home run per fly ball rate by qualified pitchers. He just it he gives up so much loud contact that it kind of scares me if he doesn't continue to miss bats. Like I don't know how he pitches that much, gives up that much hard contact, and it's not getting down more often. Like it's ground, it's ground balls. That's what it is. Yeah. And so if he ever gets to the point where he can't get the ball down and he's not inducing ground balls, he's going to have a problem, sort of like Adam Wainwright did in the 2015-2016 years. So it's like that's the biggest thing that scares me with Logan Webb. Yeah, but he's like he's kind of like Sandy. You brought up Sandy, but I'm thinking about Sandy now. And what made Sandy so good is that he would always be able to pitch to contact and Webb does that too and gets lots of ground balls and that's how they're able to pitch so deep in these games. So he becomes like a incredibly valuable pitcher for a staff because of just how many innings that he can can do. Like maybe he'll get crushed a couple times, but like all in all, I mean, how can you complain when you get a three twenty five ERA over two hundred innings? Well, in to be honest, what you're what you're kind of saying and what I've kind of been saying is that he's the he's the perfect prototype for what the Cardinals want and what the Cardinals have wanted for years and years and years. And then the last couple of years, it's not worked out for the Cardinals for various reasons. 
And so now I think maybe I'm a little bit biased against guys that would be the Cardinals prototype. That's fair. So I, I, I've been burned a few times over the last three years. No. And yeah, and and that's a pitcher you like. And this is a pitcher that I don't like in general, but I like Logan Webb. Uh, yeah. But this like prototype, this. Uh, it's this an old school prototype. It's an old school prototype and it doesn't often pan out like this. That's why Logan Webb is one of the exceptions to uh, the way that I kind of look at pitchers and think about them. Um, all right. So number seven, I come in with Zach Gallen, who MLB had at number three. Um, Zach Gallen, his 2023 was not really as great as some of his recent past seasons. Like he still excelled at limiting, uh, limiting walks. He still excelled at keeping his opponent's average down. He wasn't really getting lucky or unlucky one way or the other with Babip. Uh, he pitched 210 innings and anyone who can pitch innings, I like a lot like that. That's huge. Having someone that that is on the field all the time. Like he had 34 starts, which is, uh, I think one of the highest starts totals in the league, if not the highest. Um, but I mean, his ERA, not amazing about, about a three, five, his FIP was about a three, two, five. Like there were, his hard hit rate was, I think, the highest. Uh, yeah, his hard hit rate was the highest in the major leagues. The only one higher than Logan Webb. Um, so, and then his barrel rate was 11th highest. So, like, he you also gave up a lot of loud contact. So maybe it doesn't really make sense that I like him and not so much Logan Webb. But I think part of that is that he strikes out like 4% more batters. So it's it's a little easier for me to take because it feels like there's more guaranteed outs. I get that. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That's a I hadn't really thought of these guys as comparable, but. Yeah, they they both struggle with the with the hard contact a little bit. It doesn't really. Like, I like Gallon. I think he's good, but I guess that scares me a little bit. And also the fact that he doesn't have, like, a ground ball, a good ground ball rate like Logan Webb does to to rely on. So maybe he's given up more homers in some seasons. He he has a lot fewer homers given up than Logan Webb, too. Okay. So that's the weird part. Like, so 15% homer to fly ball versus 10 over about the same number of innings. So it's like, it's like he's given up a lot of line drives is what it seems like. Yep. All right. Who you got at seven? I got Yoshinobu Yamamoto. And this one's just uh, kind of a shot in the dark. Obviously we have never seen him pitch for, for the Dodgers, but like he's a super stud. He's won the MVP and, and Cy Young equivalents in Japan, like three times, right? How can this guy not be amazing? And I think the fact, sometimes you just got to follow the money, right? The Dodgers gave him like this massive, massive 
contract and he's 25 years old and he's got like a amazing splitter. So if he can get that pitch working to go along with his other pitches, the Dodgers will develop him. I, I'm just kind of betting on all the conditions to be right for Yamamoto to springboard into this top 10 and no one to question it by the end of the year. So I hadn't even considered Yamamoto, but what I will say is this. Whenever I was making my, I was trying to make a list of like 15 to 20 guys that I like really like that I thought might go into my top 10 before I started diving down in. And Kodai Singa made my list of 15 to 20. And if what they're saying about Yamamoto is true, he probably very much would be in the top 10. So I I have no issues with that at all, even though we haven't seen him, just based on kind of the, the hype and the little bit that we do know about him and how well Kodai Singa adapted to the MLB in his first year. So... All right, so now I'm going to be a little bit of a homer, and I'm going to go with brand-new Cardinals ace, Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray had a career year last year, and that might be kind of skewing me a little bit here. Maybe he's not a top-ten pitcher in the league, but he definitely pitched like it last year. He... uh, had the third best ERA at 279. His FIP was almost identical, 283. Um, he gave up almost, there very, very, very few home runs, the lowest home run rate in the league. Um, he doesn't strike out a ton of guys, about 24%. He walks a decent amount of guys, but not like an ob- obscene number. Not a snap. seven percent. What? Seven percent is fine. I think. Yeah. Good. Um, but just the results that he was able to get last year and the year before that, and when he was in Cincinnati and when he was in Oakland, the only spot where Sonny Gray was not good was New York. And so him being consistently good throughout his career Adding in a career year last year, he definitely deserves to be in the top 10s. MLB agreed with me. They put him at exactly 10. Um, So I really like Sonny Gray. I love that pickup for the Cardinals. Yeah, those extremely low home run rates the last two years kind of tell me he's not going to keep that up. Yeah, but let me let me dream. Okay. Yeah, you can dream. I mean, yeah, you. like you said, he's coming off the career season, so it's all downhill from here, right? Yeah, and he's 34, too. He's so. 34, so, yeah. But, yeah, from, like, a this guy knows how to pitch standpoint, I have very high confidence in Sonny Gray because, like you said, all good seasons, basically, including the years in Cincinnati, which is obviously a tough place to do it. And if you do it there, you're probably a really good pitcher. Which is exactly what we said about Castillo earlier. So, yep. all right. Um, so I got uh, Pablo Lopez as number eight on my list. And with Pablo, it's just like this past year where he has totally taken a step forward. Uh, doesn't really show up in the overall numbers, but this guy was like really, really good. And I think he had an underrated season 
that's hidden by his ERA. He's always been a really solid pitcher in every year that he's pitched. His big thing has been staying on the field. He's had shoulder injuries, but now the last two years he's been putting up workhorse-like seasons, and that's what allows me to have confidence that he can do it again. And he's not old, so I think that Pablo Lopez is going to be like a huge breakout even more than he was this past year and and do it once again and be a top 10 pitcher ditto and and he was a top 10 pitcher last year he finished out exactly 10th in the um in in war for last year he has about a 30 percent strikeout rate a six percent walk rate a low low hard hit rate one of the lowest in the league a low barrel rate like he's He's inducing weak contact, striking out a lot of guys, and still had a BABIP over 300. So, like, yeah, there's room for improvement over his last year, even in that home run rate, which was a little bit high, even though he didn't really give up a whole lot of loud contact. So, but he's really good. Getting him from Miami was one of the best things that uh, Minnesota was able to do in the last few years. So I I had him next on my list as well there at number nine. So pretty much spot on. Nice. So. Um, I had Gosman at nine. Who do you have? uh, Are we on both on 10 now? Yes, we are both on 10. And this is, I think, maybe where it gets a little interesting. Okay. I mean, not that it hasn't been interesting the whole time, but this is the only guy that I have on my list who did not qualify last year. And that is Max Freed. Max Freed was injured, I believe, at the beginning of the year, right? He missed like the first half. Uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, so he actually finished the season with 77 innings. However, in that 77 innings, uh, oh, crap, hold on, as a starting pitcher. There we go. In that 77 innings, he pitched to a 255 ERA with a 241 batting average against 309 Babbitt, a 113 whip, striking out 26% of batters, walking less than 6%, and giving up almost no hard contact. He had a barrel rate in that 77 innings of 3.8. So people could not square him up. And he's been really, really, really good in the past as well. So it's a little bit easier for me to look at that and say, yeah, 77 innings. Eh. But his two seasons before that, he pitched 185 innings and 165 with equally good seasons. Um, So, like, it just shows me that this dude is the real deal. He is a top 10 pitcher, even though he wasn't on the field the whole season last year. I have absolutely no problem putting him in this list. I did knock him down to 10 based on that. Uh, amount of time pitched last year though yeah i think that's so. the only reason why he probably dropped off my list i kind of forgot about him that he didn't pitch a whole lot but if you look back the last four seasons including 2020 there's probably very few guys that have a lower era in that time so he's going to consistently give you really high quality innings even though he doesn't really have a high strikeout rate he always finds a way to make it work and Everything else he does is is good to great. So yeah. yeah, and this is a dude that took a while to actually cement himself as like a, a full time rotation guy for the Braves. 
And then in his first full season, he was okay, but not great. So, and with those three seasons, he still has a career ERA of 3.03. That's impressive, yeah. Yeah. All right, who you got at 10? Okay, so this is my Blake Snell pick, basically. It's Tyler Glass now, who I find to be a way better pitcher than Blake Snell in terms of the actual talent. Um, But he has severe, severe injury problems where he cannot really stay on the field for very long. But I just think that the quality of his innings is, like, he's the only guy that's in, like, Strider's category for me in terms of talent that's on the field. And this past season, he did put up a career high in innings pitched, uh, I believe. I don't, I, yes. I don't remember if that's true, but um, yeah, it was like 150 or 140 like or something like that. But oh yeah, yeah, that's what it was. 120. Yeah, I think his next was like 90 or something. Right. So I think that he's going to be lucky one of these years and and have a healthy season, and he's going to put it all together. And we're going to be talking about his 35 percent strikeout rate and good walk rate and. This is utter domination when when he's actually on on his game. That reminds me of Strider, actually. 120 in 2023. His next highest was 2018 split across Pittsburgh and Tampa at 111 and two thirds. Yep. So and that was a lot of bullpen that season. So 45 games, 11 starts. So. All right, so out of the interest of time, I probably won't give a whole lot, or I won't really say why I like these guys, but a couple of guys did just miss my list, um, including Logan Webb. Like, he was the next guy off. Um, I had him at 10 before I remember Max Reed existed. So, um, but Kyle Bradish had an amazing season last year after a half season the year before that wasn't all that great. I think he is on the up and up. I think he's going to be really good. Um, Zach Eflin, um, who's had some injury issues in the past, but he had a great season last year and is really good. And George Kirby, who was in his second full year as a starter. So all three of those guys also just missed my cut. If I were doing top 15, Webb, Radish, Eflin, Kirby, and then I'd have to pick a number 15. Yeah, I agree on Kirby. I think he's an up-and-coming young pitcher. I have three other young pitchers that I think – have the chance. At least one of them is going to jump into the top 10. I don't know who it's going to be. Yuri Perez. IKF. IKF. Yuri Perez, uh, Bobby Miller, Grayson Rodriguez. So they're all basically second year starters that I think have elite traits to be able to be part of this group. And as, as we talked about at the beginning of the show, these guys don't stay top 10 pitchers for long. Like, the whole list is going to change by, by next, next year. So, yeah. or even a few months into the season. So, but I don't know, fun conversation. I, I love talking about this kind of stuff. And uh, it was, it was cool to hear your list and compare it to mine. Yeah. I think this is the most time that I've ever put into building my list. Nice. I, I, I liked it. We'll have to do this again. Yeah, so. for sure. Yeah. And, uh, With that, we're going to wrap things up for this week, and we'll talk to you next time.
If you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe on your favorite podcasting app and YouTube to make sure you don't miss any future episodes. Join the conversation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Getaway Day Pod. If you enjoy card collecting, check out our sister YouTube channel at Getaway Day Cards. 